Wayne Dyer said, if if everybody has to act like they got some sense before you can have peace, you got to send the whole world to the psychiatrist. Number one way to be happy is mind your business. For every minute that I spent looking at other people, it gave me one less minute to look at myself. But how long have you been waiting for somebody to provide safety for you at your job and for your managers to not be psychopaths? How long have that has that been going on? The world is still evolving into chaos or is it evolving into light? And the only thing that's going to separate your experience is you. You need to become the master of your fate and the captain of your soul. You need to take control of your fate because nobody, and I mean nobody, nobody, nobody. Is coming to save you. Who do you now, need to forgive? Do you need to forgive your mama now? What you, story do you need to let go of that's driving your pain? That's why you can't feel passion. Because you're holding on to pain. And the only thing that makes you feel safe and secure is your degrees and your job. Because at least you can control that. Never got so, said, if you have a secret affection for your conflict, you cannot be helped. We love to say what other people should be doing. Somebody needs to hear this. No, you need to hear it. Let me share this because other people need this. No, you need this. It's time to stop serving and start eating. Welcome everyone to Money Loves Happy People. I'm your host, Christy Rutherford. And today we're going to be talking about how to be happy. (sighs) I wore a Harvard Business School shirt today, so I'm acting like I got some sense. So here's the thing. How to be happiest search 5.7 billion times a month. And when I think about the way that the world is going and the way that the world is, and it has been for the past three, four years, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, a lot of the stuff that's happening today if you read books from like the early 1900s and and the 1800s, it's the same stuff. It's the same cycle of chaos. I mean, it may be different characters, but the world is going to be worlding. Life is always going to be lifing. And I know that's not proper English, but it's we're waiting for the world to have peace before we can have peace. We're waiting for somebody else to do something to make us happy before we can be happy. We're waiting for people to leave us alone before we can have joy. We wait for our families to act like they got some sense before we can be happy. It's never going to happen. And so, you know, I was watching a couple of pastors that I love and they're like, oh, you know, the last days are here. Jesus is coming. There is a book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles in 1910. Wallace D. Waddles said, the world is not going to the devil. The world is going to God. So in the early 1900s, they're shifting from kerosene to electricity, from cars or or from horse and buggies to cars. They're shifting from wooden shacks to, you know, steel beams that were created to now create buildings. They're, they're, They're stepping into another age and another era. And so it looks like things are falling apart when things are actually falling into place. And so I want to share some information, three points actually, on how to be happy. Because if he said that in 1910, and I hold on to that, and I anchor on to that, no matter what's going on in the world, he said the world is not going to the devil, the world is going to God. So clearly there was some stuff going on in 1910 and even reverend ike that i've been listening to amazing by the way on youtube he started in in the 1970s or so he's talking he's like oh they're talking about cutbacks Hmm, okay so they were cutting back jobs 
and 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 money was limited in the 70s too but people still found a way to be prosperous in 2023 it's the same thing y'all were listening to 2020 the world is in armageddon we're all gonna die and everybody's gonna lose their jobs okay great boom 2021 you know chris you need to soften up your language to people because they can't handle you and your full you know whatever y'all know i come full throttle they can't handle raw and uncut you need to give people a break okay 2021 okay 2022 well you know the world is still evolving into chaos or is it evolving into light and the only thing that's going to separate your experience is you you need to become the master of your fate and the captain of your soul you need to take control of your fate because nobody and i mean nobody 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 and i wasn't here to yell today nobody is coming to save you not one person is coming to save you no one is responsible for coming to save you your manager is not responsible for your mental health your job is not responsible for your psychological safety i don't care what the forbes article and time magazine and the harvard business review said how long have you been waiting for somebody to provide safety for you at your job and for your managers to not be psychopaths how long have that has that been going on right so uh all right let's get to it but i read this article it was like you know organizations should provide psychological safety for women i mean look all right let me back up a little bit and then i'm gonna jump into it i did this podcast last week and and you know always talk about what women should be doing and men too they they relate to it but in particular women and I was asked, well, shouldn't organizations have responsibilities too? Yes, they do, but they they don't. <laughs> right? Like, they don't do it. So, I, I mean, it's like, that's not my drum to beat. That's not my equation to solve for. I, I almost worked myself to death twice, okay, waiting for like the perfect boss or actually the security of the illusion of security and you know my retirement that i was going to get when i was 40 and waiting for a dei policy to save me or waiting for the the dei committee to be created in my organization so they can leave us alone and waiting for somebody to create the path for black people to be promoted at the same level of our white male counterparts i mean you know come on man no this and this is in 20 2012 when i left but so y'all are talking about the same things that i experienced 13 years ago and and you really believe that it's gonna happen i believed it y'all i i hoped i prayed i believed in the cause of what they were going to do for us. I be, I mean, when I say I believed it, I believed it wholeheartedly. Yeah, no. So, the only person who gonna save you is you. The only person that can save you is you, right? It is, I mean, no, I, I, wanna, I wanna be clear. I, I do believe that we need people to go beat the drums and beat people in the head with the organizations. That's not my thing. So if you need that, y'all need to change the channel because that ain't what Chris Brother forever gonna talk about. The 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 biggest difference maker in 
I would say the, the forward movement of the black offices in my organization was a mentorship program that I created, you know, that produced a large number of senior officers. And that was more mentorship one-on-one and, and, and teaching officers. And I have some, some junior white male officers as well, but, you know, teaching them what they need to do to be successful, like the, the, the pouring into them and not necessarily the outer part of the organization that's going to do what they're going to do. So let's get to it. Number one, on my point on how to be happy is admit that you're not happy. Y'all, come on, just admit it. And, you know, I think about a 2009, you know, I, I was miserable. I was never going to admit to it, though, because if I admit that I'm not happy, that means that I got to do something to change it. And what I'm not going to do is slow down long enough to look in the mirror at my brokenness and change. What I'm not going to do, because I was always seeking the next thing. I was always going after the next goal or the next degree or the next achievement or the next thing they told me that I couldn't do. I was really working 80 hours a week to prove people wrong who told me what I couldn't do, what I shouldn't do, and what would never happen. So if I'm solely working to prove people wrong, do I have an opportunity to prove myself right? But but did I even consider, back it up a notch, what I wanted? No. How can I prove myself right? And I'm never, I mean, when I say no energy, no vision, no desire, no, and, and we all get caught in these cycles, right? Like, I never considered what I wanted for my life and how I wanted to feel. I solely focused on proving them wrong, period. So it didn't matter how many awards I got. It didn't matter how many, you know, times that they called my name. Y'all, I got Tiffany Crystals trophies. I got silver cups with my name engraved on them. I mean, I, you know, I got more awards. My awards could decorate the Rockefeller Christmas tree. Highly, highly. And when I say highly, highly decorated, let's be clear. And it's like... None of that ever satiated my desire for achievement because the more I got, the more they told me I couldn't do. The more I got, they started to question how I got it. So I lost the ability to be able to say and stop and focus and, and just sit long enough to ask myself, what makes me happy? So I want you to like ask yourself, what makes me happy? Not proving people wrong or what do I need to do, but what's really going to ring my bells, <laughs> right? Like, what do I really want to do with my life? What's my purpose? What's my passion? What do I want to do? How do I want to leave my mark? So I read this book called Happier from Tal Ben-Shahar. He wrote a book called Happier. He's a, a, a professor at Harvard who taught a book on, he taught a course on happiness. And when people be like, nobody ever asks, that's, that's, let's get clear. Nobody really asks, are you happy? Never. To, to high achieving women, we know what makes everybody else happy. We give no energy, time, nothing of what makes us happy. And so nobody ever asks. 
and I kind of thought I was miserable and I asked myself, are you happy? I'm like, well, what does that even mean? I mean, can we even quantify happiness? Like, so I had to read a book. And when I read that book, I said, holy S-H-I-T, I'm miserable. <laughs> I had to read a definition of happiness to be like, I'm miserable. My life sucks. No, I love my job. And I love my contributions to the world. And I love, I loved what I did, y'all. That don't mean I didn't suffer. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. If you want to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree, go ahead and get my free case study and get this information. Use it. You can go to changenowwithchrissy.com, changenowwithchrissy.com. It's about 30 minutes. Use the insight. Own your value and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. See you soon. You can love your job and suffer in it. Oh, that was that was good. You can love what you do and still suffer. You can prove everybody wrong and get everything they said you couldn't get, but you can still suffer in that. And so the happiness model is. What you're doing in the present moment is for a benefit and what you're doing in the future is for a benefit. But most people get stuck in a rat race model, which is what you're doing in your present is a detriment for a perceived future benefit. So you're living in the present detriment because the future benefit is you're going to retire. You're going to get this money. You're going to travel. And you're going to be happy. Lie, but you're going to do all these things. So it's like you're willing to give up the best part of your life. I mean, your 20s, your 30s, frolicking, butt naked down the beach, partying, drinking, clubbing. You can do all those things. Stay up at 2 o'clock in the morning, eat Waffle House, all those great things. Like, we're giving up the greatest time of our life, our 20s, mid-20s, to our 50s, working to retire at 55, 60, to now go do what we want to do. Y'all, we can't stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning no more. I can't eat at the Waffle House. I'm Waffle House delicious. <laughs> I can't even eat grits no more without going to sleep. So, like, we could have done that in our 20s and 30s, but we're giving that up. We're giving that time up to work and to get degrees and to get certifications and to do all these things for perceived end by the time we get there, if we get there. We, we don't really have the quality of life we desire because we sick, we crazy, we broke down mentally, just debilitated, physically, knees acting crazy. We can't stay up till two o'clock in the morning anymore. We can't do those things that, you know, that we could have done in our 25, 30s and our 40s. So is it really, how do I say this? Is it really a future benefit? Or is that what we've been conditioned and socialized to believe? Is it really a benefit to work 25, 30 years to retire at 50 so we can be secure? Is security really a benefit? Is it even possible? And have we as Gen X, and I know millennials y'all out here, but Gen X especially, we've been conditioned to believe in a pension. That's what our parents did. They worked and and, and they, they put their nickels aside 
and and we've been conditioned to believe that we can work to, for a company for 20, 30 years and, and that they got us. That's not true, y'all. So on the happiness model, what he talked about is as a rat racer, like we're working in this present detriment for a future benefit. If you have to do it, which whatever, but if you have to, what are some of the things that make you happy that you can do in the present moment to offset your present misery? Which goes back to what I talked about in the beginning. Do you even know what makes you happy? Do you, are you even considering what makes you happy? Right? So there's a lot of, uh, you know, whatever it is, buzz going around and all these posts and everybody wants to normalize mental health. I've never seen anybody say, let's normalize wholeness. Everybody wants to remove the stigma around mental health issues. Well, let's remove the stigma around actually being happy. Have you even considered that you can be happy? Like it's almost to, to the point where we've normalized existing in misery. That's normal. We've normalized being crazy. Normal. We've normalized drinking wine at night to soothe the pain of our suffering soul in a, in a state of mind and in being is that we have full control over, over changing. We normalize desiring somebody to fill a hole that we have in ourselves because we're lonely and we're secretly crazy. And all you're going to do is attract somebody who's lonely and secretly crazy to now temporarily fill a hole and then fall in hell with that person. Not fall in love, but fall in hell with them. And then y'all go create hell together, dysfunctional kids, which is what your parents did for you. I said that. I probably could have said that better. I don't take it back. Um. So will you normalize wholeness? Will you stop long enough? And admit that you aren't happy and then do something to change it. All right, let's talk about that. Oh, one more. Neville Goddard said, if you have a secret affection for your conflict, you cannot be helped. Oh, say that again. Neville Goddard said, if you have a secret affection for your conflict, you cannot be helped. Some people like to be miserable. Do you like to be miserable? Are you the victim in every story that you tell? I mean, if you're a victim at work, at home, in your family, at the grocery store, on social media, like and everybody else is the problem. Wayne Dyer said if, if everybody has to act like they got some sense before you can have peace, you got to send the whole world to the psychiatrist. So it's it's to 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 say let's normalize and and remove the stigma around mental health is to give people permission to have a secret a secret affection for their conflict. You can be helped. If you have a secret affection for your conflict, you can be helped if you just choose to be different. If you choose to change the narrative, if you choose to be like, I can be happy. I talk to women all the time who want a, who want a better job. That's it. 
And I'd be like, well, well do you want to be happy? No, nah, I ain't got time for that. Okay. Um, but if I get the dream job, I'll be happy. But can you be happy and then get the dream job? No, no. You selling me pie in the sky. You selling me a bag of goods. All I'm saying is that you can be happy. So you believe more that you can get a better job than you believe that you can actually be happy. How tragic. And they don't believe me. How do we get to a point where if somebody told you that you can just be happy and peaceful with yourself, that's a lie. But you will go to a doctor and they diagnose you with some ridiculous medical, mental medical condition. And you'd be like, yes, I have been, I have been feeling weird my whole life. And, and this makes sense to me. I, I got a no autism. What? You're 55 with three master's degrees. And now you got, let me get off that. What? I'm on the spectrum. I've always felt different. No, you felt different because you came here to be the change maker and the pattern breaker for your family. You came here to break generational patterns for your family. Yes, you're the weirdo. You're the black sheep of the family. Not because you have adult autism, but because you're on a spectrum. You came here to do something great in your lifetime. And in order to do that, you had to be a misfit. TDJ said all great leaders are misfits because you were never meant to fit in with the people that you were called to lead. You are a misfit. You're not on the spectrum. You don't have adult autism. One lady told me she she was bipolar A. I said, what is that? You're not bipolar A. You're just stuck in a job where you don't belong. What are you talking about? You're a lioness among sheep at work. Wondering why they harassing you. And then you mess around and fall in the hyena den and they clawing out your back. You don't belong at this lower position and this lower stage in your life. And yes, you're going to feel uncommon. Yes, you're not going to fit in. Yes, you're going to feel different. It's because you came here to be great and you've settled for safe. You've settled to suffocate your soul in a job where you don't belong. Three levels below where you're supposed to be, where you qualified to be experientially, where you're qualified to be with your degrees, but you chose three levels down to be safe to get a check and now you suffocating and you go look for a medical condition or even claim to have the imposter syndrome, which is not real. You claim to have a medical condition to now just sit there and settle. Oh, I got chills going down my arm. I wasn't supposed to be yelling. I got to act like I have some sense. Hold on, let me bring it back. I'm going to put my Harvard t-shirt on act like I got some sense. You are settling for safe and suffocating the very essence of who you are for a check that ain't making you happy anyway. You're suffocating your soul for a check to go buy a purse as opposed to investing in your personal development so you can remember and see how great you really are. And you dressing up your brokenness and then have the nerve to brag to show people what you got, but you're not acknowledging what you are. Number two, Whew. everybody take a breather. We're going to inhale for five, exhale. All right. Number two, get uncomfortable. Have you become comfortable with being uncomfortable in your suffering? 
Have you become comfortable complaining about the same raggedy coworkers at the same job for the past three, five, 10, 15, 20 years, and you've done nothing to change it? Have you become comfortable with calling the same raggedy friends to talk about the same thing and go on the same trips to drink liquor and party because your life sucks, but you choose not to do anything about it? Have you gone to take a flowing dress picture for heaven's sakes? You spent $3,000 to go to Dubai or to Greece to take a flowing dress picture and you crazy and you have no money for coaching. You don't believe that you have enough money to invest in yourself, but you investing in your brokenness and, and, and showing everybody on the gram what you got. You still crazy. You've done nothing to clean that up. Nothing, 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 nothing. It's tragic. And you know you crazy. Oh, me and my friends are going to degrees to take the flow and dress picture. And how has that helped you and relieved you of the baggage and the burdens that you're carrying around that you need to let go of? Everybody's doing it. You shouldn't. Hey, Chrissy Rutherford here, inviting you to join my private community, Money Loves Happy People. Yes. The information is so good. We do live interviews Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I have hundreds of on-demand videos in this community, including my signature course, How to Use the Superpower Method to Write an Irresistible Resume, my other course, Seven Keys to Getting the Raise that You Desire and Deserve. I made hundreds of videos from amazing thought leaders from around the world. You have access to on-demand for less than $500. Go ahead, register, join us in this community, get this insight and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. So have you become comfortable with being in chaos? And now you self-medicate because everybody's suffering. No, you suffering. When stuff happens and, and, you know, they get on LinkedIn and they be like, your black employees are not okay today. No, you're not okay today. Don't put that on me. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Your, your black employees, your women are not okay. No, you're not okay. Don't, don't, don't try to find commonality of what we're suffering in. No, you suffering because you've done nothing. That's you. In 2019, everybody said 2020 is going to be the best year ever. Y'all, I mean, y'all remember 2017. Oh, I can't wait for 2018. I'm going to knock it out the park. 2018, 2019, I'm going to knock it out the park. 2019, y'all say 2020. Oh, it's the big deuce deuce, right? It's the big 2020. Oh, it's going to be the greatest, greatest year ever. 2020 came around, punched all y'all in the net. I actually punched everybody in the net. Okay. 2021, y'all said, man, if we could just get out of 2020. And then people start blaming the years, which is crazy to me. 2020, 2020, then took away like Kobe and Chadwick Boseman, which is tragic, and, and all these people. And then 2021 came around, and y'all were like, it got to be better. 
and then it didn't get better. And then and then y'all just stopped dreaming. Nope. I never I didn't see anybody who said 2020 is gonna be 2023 is gonna be my greatest year. Y'all just saying the sweet bye and bye. Lord Jesus, let me just make it. Y'all ain't even dreaming no more. Nobody's hoping for it to be the best year. You just hoping that you, you know. I don't know. You don't get fired. You're not even like dreaming or hoping or expecting good things. You're expecting hell. So here's the thing. Happiness is not profitable. I mean, you know, I've never heard of adult autism <laughs> and, and high functioning depression and high functioning anxiety until 2022 2023 i told my military friends about this when this summer when i went there they was like and they straight champions they're all senior leaders in the organization they didn't even know what i was talking about they was like what that's a thing because <laughs> champions ain't paying attention or trying to use trying to find things to explain why we losing we just want to win period so it's like if you're if you're watching TV, because I don't watch TV, but when I go places, they got the TV on. I be like, oh my god, right? If I'm traveling, and they don't allow me to connect to Amazon Prime or, or Disney Plus, because I, I watch Marvel movies, because I want to, you know, I'm a superhero, you know, and all those things. And it's like, and and when the commercials come on, it's it's by design, y'all. You got all of these commercials and they ask you a question. Do you have high functioning depression? And you hear it in the background and your mind answers whether or not you are aware that you answer it. Are you bipolar? Do you have bipolar disorder? And at first you say no. And you keep watching TV. And then, the, and I mean, hey, the commercials come on all the time. Do you have bipolar? Are you, are you have bipolar disorder? The, you know, bipolar disorder, and you be like, no. After about a month of that, it's the same because you're watching the same shows, the same frequency, and then they ask you again, do you have bipolar disorder? And you be like, well, I'm not sure. The programming is strong. And after three months, three, four months, five, six months, the world is going crazy, kids are going crazy, dog is going crazy, everybody's going crazy. They be like, do you have bipolar disorder? You say, well, I think so. Let me go get checked out. So happiness is not profitable. I mean, the, the world is in a mental health crisis. The Surgeon General is, like, is, is, is insane. And it's like, y'all got to just turn the TV up. Okay. Number two, get off social media. There are these these memes that they talk about. If somebody would give you a million dollars to get off social media for three months or or three weeks, which one is like which one would you choose? How has that become like a real question where people are like I'm addicted to social media? It's like, look, let me let me let me just back up just a little bit, y'all. I can't tell y'all my story every time. Otherwise, this would be like. The longest soap opera and a 20, 20 hour thing. I used to be crazy. <laughs> Clinically written up in the paperwork, right? And 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 I fell apart mentally and physically. 
And it took me four years to get my mind back right and seven years to get my money back after I lost everything because I didn't do what I'm sharing with y'all right now. So I'm not judging. I'm just, I've been there. I've been at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, like past the nucleus of the earth and hit the ocean on whatever the other side is when you pass that part of the earth. The lowest of the low. No money, no no, no marbles in, in my brain set, no, no, no nothing. If I don't have money... I can't buy the bougie vitamins. I can't have a bougie massages. Y'all see my hair? I all like no, nothing. So I had to learn the hard way of what it takes to actually be happy and to pursue passion. So that's why I'm sharing with y'all. And so I had to get off social media, y'all, because I I didn't like I I burn out. When I say burn out, y'all just tired. Burnout is catastrophic. Burnout is when I burned out and ran into a wall doing 150 miles an hour. I could not create, I could not coherently create a sentence for a year. I could not talk for a year. <laughs> All I could do is drink Ciroc and red berry and Ciroc red berry muscadine juice out of a mason jar on my brother's couch eating Little Caesar's pizza. Like that's. That's all I had and eat nutty bars, right? Like I just, I like I, when I exploded mentally, I had nothing because I didn't do what I'm sharing with y'all today. So, and, and I'm on social media, I'm lying, they lying. I'm watching everybody else lie about how great their life is because I used to lie about how great my external life was, which was true. But internally, I was as hollow as the Easter Bunny. Internally, I never stopped long enough to acknowledge that I wasn't that happy and then change to do something about it because I was seeking security. And so, you know, a lot of times people are looking on social media is like you're 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 addicted to it because you're not in your present moment and, and you're comparing your life to other people. They lying. Right. And you don't know what's going on in other people's houses. You don't know what's going on in other people's marriages. You don't know what's going on in like, you know, with their kids. Their kids always dressed up, always got nice hairstyles. Hello? Really? Never. <laughs> you love your husband and your wife 100 percent of the time, 24 hours a day, y'all on top of each other. Yeah. If you I mean, y'all know married people. You married. That's not true. That's the highlight reel. You can take, I can take 50 selfies and pick out two that I like. I'm going to post that. Y'all don't see the raggedy ones. So it's like you're looking, hoping that you were someone else, that you are someone else, and that you're doing something else as opposed to standing into the present moment of where you are right now. Social media is the escape of your present life. But let's let's be clear, when you wake up tomorrow, you're still going to be the same person. Right. Like and then you wake up on Thursday, you still the same person now scrolling, hoping, wishing, praying, doing all these things externally. And you're not addressing your brokenness. You're not addressing your soul. You're not addressing how you really feel. You're not even present in the moment of how you really feel because you drink and wine on social media and you getting your high and your hits from other people. Don't even get me started about what people talking about, Jada and Will Smith. I'm not sure. Because I don't care. You crazy. So how are you looking at other people and judging what they're going through when, when you're broken? But look, let me tell y'all something. 
I had to fall apart to learn that the hard way. I learned how to mind my business. The number one way to be happy is mind your business. For every minute that I spent looking at other people, it gave me one less minute to look at myself. For every minute that I spent judging somebody else, it left me one less minute to look at my look at what I'm doing and judge myself. For every minute that you spend looking at other people and comparing your life to theirs, it leaves you one less minute to look in yourself and see what you need to fix. We love to say what other people should be doing. Somebody needs to hear this. No, you need to hear it. Somebody, let me share this because other people need this. No, you need this. It's time to stop serving and start eating. It's time to stop giving and start receiving. It's time to become selfish with your time, your money, and your energy and fill your cup up. The people who need you will still be there when you're done. But it's time to stop pouring from an empty cup exhaustively and waiting for other people to come fill our cup and then get mad that they don't do it. So turn off the news and mute the prescription commercials when they come on because they're programming your thinking. If you hear it long enough, you're going to become it. I heard a commercial that said 50% of the people in the world going to have cancer before that. I said, what? In the next, what? In like the next five years, they was like 50% of the people in the world will have cancer. How? What? How can you predict that? How can you say that and mean it like cancer wasn't, it wasn't this prolific back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, actually like even the early 2000s. Now 50% of the people in the world going to have it. You know who going to get it? The people who believe it. In, in 1899, and as a man thinking, James Allen said, man get what he secretly attracts, all, man gets what he secretly fears. Wait, hold on. Man attracts what he secretly fears and what he secretly harbors. He says, the thoughts of getting a disease has killed more men quicker than a bullet. The fear and the thought of getting something has taken more people out of here than it actually happening. So to I heard the commercial. I said, my God, 50%? I don't believe that. Not not me. If they say 99%, I say, well, I'm going to be the 1%. <laughs> if they say 100%, I say, I'm going to be the first one not to. You choose. But they're planting seeds all the time, y'all. Man attracts what he secretly harbors, also what he secretly fears. If you secretly fear getting something, you're going to get it. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you are enjoying this podcast as much as we loved putting it together for you to share insight to make your life better. Now, did you get your copy of my resume course, How to Use the Superpower Method to Write an Irresistible Resume to Land You a High-Paying Job? Look, even if you have somebody write your resume for you, how do you know whether or not it sucks? <laughs> and did you give them the information to be able to write a great resume or did you hope that they were going to spend gold out of something that you gave them that wasn't that good? So get this course, not just to write your own resume, but to be able to provide resume writers with what they need to adequately tell your story so you can get paid the money that you desire and deserve. So go ahead and click on the link on around this 
video, get this course, use it, and get paid what you deserve. It's less than $50. I mean, come on, just get the course and use it. See you soon. All right. Number three, take action. My God, do something. I mean, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> change before life makes you change. Change from inspiration and not desperation. I did it. I did it. I did it. And when I step on my soapbox and I be yelling and screaming, it's because I'm trying to save y'all from yourself. Y'all don't have to end up like me. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. Like, why did somebody come and slap me around a little bit and put me in the head like a punch me in the stomach and say, Chris, you're going to burn out? Right? Why didn't why didn't somebody come put me in a chokehold? <laughs> Sis, if you don't slow down and if you don't stop to take care of yourself, you're going to burn out and lose your mind and all your money for four years. Really? That can happen? That's possible? A champion like myself? A highly decorated and highly awarded military officer who has more awards to decorate the Rockefeller Christmas tree can 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 like run into a brick wall doing 100 miles an hour and fall apart completely mentally and physically and lose my mind. And then I'm going to subsequently lose all my money that I've worked to build. Yes, sis, that can happen to you. Maybe I should do something different. Show me how. <laughs> That's what I would have said. <laughs> really? That can happen? I'm telling y'all, I did it. I exploded. That wasn't fair. I'm, I was laid out while I'm drinking liquor on the couch watching Lord of the Rings every day because Frodo was on a journey. Do you hear me? Christy Rutherford was on a journey. I didn't know if I was Frodo trying to burn the ring or if I was Aragorn trying to return to be the king and the queen. Like, I'm not sure. The return of the king, y'all. Lord of the Rings is my favorite. I watched it last week. It's amazing. And 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 I marvel at how far I've come. But it's like nobody, nobody choked me out and spoke in a way that I would listen. Nobody spoke in a tone that I would respect. Because the thing about ambitious alpha women, we don't listen to we don't listen to weak people. Man, we don't. We don't we don't listen to everybody. We don't if you ain't got what we got or got what we want, we're not listening. Right, wrong, indifferent. We don't hear we don't hear people who playing violins and they tossing flowers and butterflies, all this kind of stuff. That's not gonna get our attention. That's not gonna make us stop. That's not gonna make us stop long enough to look in look inside. We need somebody who's a little rugged, rough around the edges <laughs> to punch us in the stomach and drop kick us in the head to make us stop. That's who I am. I ain't going to say that's why I yell. I talk loud. But, like, I'm passionate. I am this. So for all the soft, violin-wanting people who want me to soften my tone to address you, I'm not talking to you. I, I mean... It is what it is. This is who I am. I am I am here to save strong women from ourselves because we don't listen to everybody. And all right, take action. I got 
four more minutes, maybe 10. And y'all let me know if y'all have some questions, but I, I got to open up for questions at the end because I got to put my glasses on. So who do you need to forgive? Forgiveness will set you free faster than a speeding bullet or than anything. Forgiveness is self first. Forgive yourself for not being perfect. But what is perfection anyway? Forgive yourself for, you know, the time that you've spent and wasted. You feel like you've wasted. And, and, and it's like, if I think about, if I wasted 13 years of my life, if I do these things for the next two years and I can recoup and redeem the 13, but I'm still spending the next two doing the same thing. And then, and then that's not going to be enough. Who do you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive your mama now? Do you need to forgive your father or your family or your grandmama? Who do you need to forgive? What story do you need to let go of that's driving your pain? That's why you can't feel passion. Because you're holding on to pain. And the only thing that makes you feel safe and secure is your degrees and your job. Because at least you can control that. So what regrets do you need to let go of? Who do you need to let go of? What regrets do you need to let go of? And I was telling one of my friends the other day, Tony Shea was the CEO of Zappos and he ended up self-destructing. Um, and I researched it. Because in my previous career, I was an investigator. I was an accident investigator. So when stuff happens, I can become this inspector gadget real fast. And he was searching for happiness. And he just he just took it too far. And when I think about, you know, looking at his childhood and, and some of the things, and we all, whether perfect, right, wrong, indifferent, and I'm not judging his childhood, I'm just looking at elements. We all had things that, you know, we may have wanted that our parents couldn't give us or we were shaped you know, some of our decisions were shaped by what they want, but he wanted to go to Brown and not to Harvard. But in, in his parents and in his community's ranking of how they compared the kids to each other, Harvard was higher than what Brown was. So, you know, when he was a billionaire and had all of this money and success and everybody knew him and he's made great contributions to the world, he wasn't that happy because he was searching for it. He did a lot to, to, to achieve happiness. He never got it to, to the point he self-destructed. So it's like, what, what do you need to forgive and what regrets do you need to let go of? And, and I want y'all to understand money is not going to do it. it. Money was not enough for Kate Spade. Kate Spade, first and last name, international luxury brand on buildings and in clothes and on purses and on shoes. It wasn't enough. So we think that when I when I get the money, then I'll be happy. No. Like if I achieve, I mean monumental. We her stores are still open today. It's a billion dollar brand. She got bought by Gucci. That was like five, six hundred million dollars. She had enough. Or did she? So will you address what's really driving you? 
what's really driving your passion, what's really driving your desire to succeed. And, and can you let go of the pain that you survived and, and, and the people that you proved wrong to start proving yourself right? So I want you to consider creating a better life and see suffering in your current circumstance. You have the power to stop suffering, but you have to make a decision that, that I, I really don't have to suffer anymore. I really don't have to be in pain anymore. And a lot of people are blaming their jobs. It's not your job. You crazy before you go to work. You angry before you go to work. You've been fighting your coworkers long before you got to work. You start fighting them in your childhood. You start fighting your leaders long before you got there. They're just a, a reflection and just triggering your unhealed, unhealed childhood trauma. That's all they're doing. That's why you hate them. That's why you want to jump on them. So you have to understand that you can be happy at 45. You can be happy at 50. You can be happy at 35. Now we got to go to teenagers. We got the whole teenage mental health crisis thing going on. 15-year-old, you can be happy. What in the world? And, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it because I like to tell. I mean, are the 15-year-olds miserable because they 40-year-old mama miserable? Do we have a teenage mental health crisis because we have an adult woman crisis, mental health crisis? They just they just reflecting you. Aren't you blaming your mama for why you where you are? Are they doing the same thing? A whole a broken woman cannot produce a whole child. I don't care what you buy them. I don't care. I don't care if you dress them up and floss them and take them on trips. Your brokenness is, they, they don't do what you say, they do what you do. You're demonstrating in your beingness. They're, they're modeling you. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. Forbes has reported that there's going to be a 40% increase worldwide in the number of millionaires by 2023. Is that you or are you going to continue to talk about there's no money in the market? There is plenty of money out here. You just have to figure out how to get it from your jobs and into your pocket. So I want to invite you to get my free case study, how to use the superpower method to ask for and get a 30% raise in the next 90 days without getting another degree. Look, stop getting all these degrees. Go ahead and get this case study at changenowwithchristy.com. It's at no cost. Use the information, get the money that you deserve, and live the life that you desire. Take care. I mean, you know, I work with women all the time. They have no idea that they're suffering. Because they just want a better job. They have no idea that they're, I mean, when I say shattered on the rocks, I know what it looks like, y'all, because I did it. They have no idea how crazy they are because they're seeking the next job and they're proving people wrong. So a lot of it is completely unconscious. And the work that I do, I really just want to make y'all aware of how you're showing up. Because once you become aware, then you can change. A lot of this is unawareness. Did I really know I wasn't happy? Yeah, when I read that book, but I was, you know, I was going to get my security. Did I really know I was sick? I was in the freaking emergency room every two weeks. <laughs> All of it was documented in my medical records, volume one and volume two. Did I really know how physically ill I was? Yes. Did I know how mentally 
ill I was. Yes, I had three therapists before I left my career. Couldn't tell nobody because Christy Rutherford cannot afford. Commander Rutherford cannot afford for to be crazy. I had to go in secret. I had to call EAP. Somebody help me. So I knew it, but I didn't stop. And I think a part of it is like, I just, you know, I got caught up in this brand of, of, of being this person and this external illusion of success. I spent no time on my personal self and how I saw myself. There's this illusion of success and this title and these awards and all of these things that I want to get and these accolades and these degrees. I never stopped to address Christy. So the brand was strong. My brokenness was silent. Mm. That was good. Oh, the brand was strong, baby. I think, I don't know. I tried to Google myself the other day. You used back. I was Googleable long before y'all saw me on social media. That brand is strong, baby. It's still strong to this day of, of who I was in my career. But my brokenness was silenced. Because how can I really tell people that I'm suffering? And by the time I admitted to myself I was suffering, I'm 90% engulfed in flames. By the time I and we women, high achiever women, bad ASS women, admit to other people that we suffer, we 90% in the ground. The only thing that's left is our top of our finger hoping somebody's going to come pull us out. We almost dead by the time we admit to somebody else that we suffering and that we need help. So I want you to have the courage to do something and not care about or be concerned about how other people feel about you saving yourself. Don't let anybody talk you out of saving yourself. Don't let anybody talk you out of preserving your peace. Don't let anybody call you selfish but not answering your phone. Don't let anybody, you know, guilt you out of, I really don't feel like hanging with y'all this weekend. Don't let anybody guilt you out of saying, no, I'm not going to serve. No, I ain't going to help you move. No, I'm not bringing the chicken and the meatballs. No, I don't want to serve. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, no, no. Because I have finally admitted to myself that I'm broken. I have finally admitted to myself that I'm suffering. I have finally admitted to myself that I have the power to change it. And I'm going to do something different. And I don't care how you feel about it. And if our friendship falls apart, fine. If, if, if what I am in this nonprofit organization that I'm serving and giving all my time and energy to, if it falls apart, fine, whatever. Because what's going to fall apart are the lies that you're telling yourself that walking around, being broken and dressing it up is okay. That's a lie. When, when, when the shell falls off of who you are, it's going to reveal the, the, the being that you are, the unapologetic energy and, and the person that you really want to be without the judgment of yourself, without the crushing expectations of other people, without the burdens and, and the baggage of your past. That person is waiting to be revealed. 
That's where your purpose is. That's where your prosperity is. That's where your provision is. And I give you permission to go get it and don't care about how other people feel about it. Because we only have this life. We don't know if tomorrow's guaranteed. Definitely don't even be talking about retirement. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know if we have next week. And you deserve to live a full and happy life now and not wait to rest in heaven. Why don't you rest on earth? Don't wait to get the kingdom, you know, the kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is available to you. But you have to become selfish for yourself first and fill your cup first and heal yourself first. So you can be of service to other people if you want to. So you can break generational patterns if you want to. Right? Like whatever you want is going to be revealed. So that's all I got. Um, do you have any questions? I got three minutes. I got a one o'clock call. Let's see. Put my glasses on. All right. No questions. Nobody, nobody over there. Um, yeah, I got all my notes. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you have enjoyed this talk as much as I have enjoyed sharing. And um, you deserve to be happy. It's possible. It's available to you. It's accessible to you. Okay, somebody got a question. Maya. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have my close my call to action. Yeah. I mean, we have we 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 still have availability for clients. So you can join me next week. Um, I'm doing a five-day boot camp. You can go to the superpowermethod.com and uh and join us next week because I have a course that's coming out. It's gonna be called 50k and 50 day accelerator. I'm launching it next week. Um, I'm gonna be working on that today, but yeah, we, we, we're still taking clients. Let's see. TheSuperpowerMethod.com. Or you could check some of my posts and it's, and it, or the link is in my bio if you're on Instagram. And then I'll put it here on LinkedIn and the other ones. How do you make sure that you're not making a decision too rashly? Oh, I love this question. SuperpowerMethod.com. <clears throat> a decision about what? Is, is my question. A decision about how not, oh, it's the superpowermethod.com. A, a decision about what? What's the, give me, give me the, um, all right. I, I'll, I'll, I, I, hold on. I used to be multitask. I can't do it no more. Making a decision. So, <clears throat> I'll break it down. Oh. When to choose your gut or what makes you happy. So here's the thing about uh, rash. A lot of us are on fire. So there is fear and regret. And all we try to do is do the next hack. To, to put our fire out. I have women who quit their job. 
and and it creates more hell. You hear me? Because you weren't running. You've been running for 40 years long before you got to work and and you're avoiding the 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 real healing and the forgiving of your parents and your circumstances and the hell that you came out of that you don't want to go back to. So there is fear in that. So we've been running afraid and doing all these things in fear and we're on fire. And then you become desperate and you say, the thing that's making me miserable the most is my job. And if I quit it, then it's going to alleviate the fire. No, you were on fire before you got that job. You were on fire before you were old enough to get a job. So my goal with my clients and anybody that I talk to, let us put the flames out first and then the truth will be revealed to you. You can make a decision from that from that level of where it's not going to be desperation. Desperate people do desperate ish. And you create these scenarios that is all based in fear of what I can't do and what I shouldn't do and being on fire. So I've had clients that have quit their jobs. And now instead of fighting your coworkers, you know who you fighting? You, because the person that's in the mirror was the problem. The person in the mirror was the one that was, that was the problem the whole time. Now you got 24 hours a day to beat yourself up, which is what we're going to be talking about in the 50 K accelerator, right? Like what are the, what are the things that you're really saying to yourself? There are things that you say to yourself that you would never say to other people, never. But you don't know what you're saying to yourself because you're too busy fighting other people, not realizing that you're fighting yourself. You're too busy, you know, thinking about what Will and Jada are doing and Beyonce and Jay-Z and all these other kinds of things or looking at the lies that other people are telling on social media. Like you're silencing. You're not even giving yourself an opportunity to hear what you're saying to yourself. So so that's one. I mean, like, don't quit your job. The job is not the problem. You the problem. Because if you've had the same problem in the past three jobs, obviously you're the problem. You got to stop long enough and look in the mirror. So um, in relationships, so I had a client, like a lot of my clients come in with broken marriages. They think that their husbands are the problem or their wives are the problem. No, they're the problem. It's two broken people got together and, and produced brokenness. Or I'm going to give this and I got one more minute. So I had a client super successful and she said that her husband, you know, she wanted to be promoted because she had this ambition and her husband didn't support the promotion. And, oh, he hate on me and he's this and he's that and he don't want to. And I'm like, no, that's not it. He said he don't give a DAM if I become the CEO of this company. And I'm like, but listen, that's not the problem. He's not hating on you. When y'all got married early, 15 years ago, he had 90% of you. The job had 10%. You got the first promotion. He got 80. They got 20. Second promotion. He got 60. They got 40. Now you're the senior executive in this organization. Y'all have kids. Job got 90. Kids got eight. He get two. And you give nothing for yourself because you're tired, crazy, and depleted. That's why he doesn't want you to become the CEO of the company, because if you get another promotion, he gets nothing. So. After doing the work and slowing down and not being everything to, you know, the community that she was a part of and not being everything to the sorority that she was a part of and taking time to actually rest when she flew into cities and not hang out with friends 
you know, and she actually like pulled herself together. She was like, my God, I can see what he was talking about. She has a phenomenal husband, phenomenal. She couldn't see it because she was working. Tyler Perry and showed it to y'all and why did I get married with, with, with him and the Diane, right? Like it's, it's a classic example. She couldn't see it. She has a phenomenal, and they so happy now. She ain't never promoted again. And, you know, so it's like, that's rash to get a divorce and blame them when you're not acknowledging how broken you're showing up. So, all right, y'all, I got to jump. I got a one o'clock. I'm late for. Take care, y'all. Have a great weekend. The superpowermethod.com. You can join us. Um, it's going to be next week. I can't wait. And then y'all stand by for my course, the 50 K and 50 day accelerator. Um, I'm still putting it together. It's going to be so good. Take care, y'all. Have a great week.